0: What's really good, it is Wednesday, April 6th, which means we're right in the pocket for some of the most exciting boxing you're going to see all year. This is when it normally starts to pick up. So it was only right. Set up the interview, collaboration, Real Fans, Real Talk, along with the Sanchez Show, and we sat down with rising star of the featherweight division, Bruce Carrington. If you're not familiar with the name, get familiar. But more importantly, look up the highlights. You may have recognized him recently, on the uh, ESPN top-ranked broadcast, he had a devastating knockout. It was the third fight of the night. Knocked out his opponent in the uh, fifth round. And he's got two candidates already for knockout of the year. So I think you guys are going to enjoy the interview. He's got a great personality. He's got a bright future. I like the kid. Now meeting him and actually getting to speak with him, I think he's really going to be a star in a boxing game. But as I mentioned, we are in the pocket for some great boxing. You've got Errol Spence against Udonis Ugas next week. You got uh, Canelo Alvarez against Bivdol coming up after that. And then you've got Javante Davis at the end of May. So over the next five to six weeks, it's going to be a lot of good boxing stars and good fights going on. I'm going to be breaking them down before every fight. Uh, Next week, I'll give you guys my breakdown on on Ugas and Errol Spence. Before we get to the interview, though, like I said, you guys are going to enjoy it. I teased at it at a a previous episode. Because we're into boxing season now, I want to... I want to start going into some of these dream matchups that I see people tweeting about or posting memes about. And one of them that keeps coming up, it's come up for like five years now, is Lomachenko versus Floyd Mayweather at 130, 135 pounds. So let's be clear. I'm, I'm This is going to be very quick, but it's an entertaining conversation nonetheless. And I want to hear you guys thoughts on it. if you listen to the podcast, don't be scared to comment on this post. But first and foremost, Lomachenko is an amazing fighter. 130, 135 pounds. Lomachenko is one of the legends. He is going to be a Hall of Fame boxer. All right. But he is not messing with Floyd Mayweather at 130, 135. First of all, Floyd is, is naturally bigger than him anyway. So even on fight night, he would be bigger. But also, if we're talking 135 pound Floyd, we're not talking Money Mayweather Floyd. We're talking pretty boy Floyd. We're talking the explosive Floyd Mayweather, where he got a majority of his knockouts in that weight class. The fastest hands probably the division had ever seen at that time. Against the Lomachenko, who's kind of a slow starter and likes to pick you apart over 12 rounds. Now, I don't have to go too detailed on this one because you guys know Floyd's career has been well documented. No one is picking apart Floyd Mayweather for 12 rounds. It's it's not happening, first and foremost. But again, when you're talking about the more aggressive, more powerful Floyd Mayweather, 135-pound Floyd, this is before the hand injuries really started taking a toll on him. He had not taken a break from boxing the first time because at this point he was rolling. You put him in front of him, he was knocking him down. And he was making exciting fights. Diego Corrales, Arturo Gatti, Jose Luis Castillo. He was knocking these guys down, knocking them out. As great as Lomachenko is, I think this is just too tall a task. Now, I don't think Floyd knocks him out in a hypothetical 135-pound matchup between the two. But Floyd would pick him apart. Floyd would inflict a lot of damage early in this fight. And I think Floyd would coast to a victory. I would see it somewhere in the range of 116, 112, eight rounds to four for Floyd Mayweather. Great conversational piece, but I wish people would stop posting a meme about it because I don't think they're in the same class. Lomachenko is a great fighter. Again, I I don't want to take anything away from Lomachenko. But Lomachenko against a faster, more physical version of Floyd Mayweather is not going to win more than four rounds in that fight. Not to mention, even though Floyd wasn't the defensive wizard that he obviously became as Money Mayweather, he was still a very good defensive fighter at that point as well. So you're combining all the speed, all the power of 135-pound Floyd Mayweather with the still elite defensive level, not not God-level defense that he later became, but still elite level defense. Lomachenko isn't getting more than four rounds, and he may even get knocked down at some point in that fight. That's how I would have it scored. But again, feel free to comment if you think otherwise on that. With that being said, the interview with Bruce Carrington, again, you guys are going to really enjoy it. He breaks down, obviously, some of the the stops along his career, why he wasn't able to go to the Olympics, his friendship with Edgar Berlanga, why he chose to go with top rank, and ultimately, what it means being a young up-and-coming fighter out of Brownsville, Brooklyn, which has bred so many great champions in the sport. With that being said, this is The Sanchez Show, collaborating with real fans, real talk. Let's get to it.
1: What's going on? We are back with another Quarantine TV edition of Real Fans, Real Talk. We got a goodie for you today because we got some family back in the the building with us today. Um, It's a whole lot to go on. Let me introduce my co-host first because I got to do a big introduction for this man
0: right here. Um, But Legend of Two Games, Eric Sanchez, what's going on? Yo, what's really good, bro? I'm going to keep it short and sweet. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like like our special guest did in some of his recent fights. So go ahead and introduce the man because the people want to know, man.
1: So, you know, straight out, straight out, straight out of Brooklyn, New York, uh, we, we we got now uh, the the, the two time candidate for knockout of the year. Uh, you know, the, the, down with the Olympic team, just turned pro recently, but it has been, been been kicking ass and taking names. Uh, <laughs> uh, this 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 brother right here is family to the show. Y'all seen him in the studio, and I wish we could get get back in the studio. We're gonna get there soon. But the man with the baddest hands since uh, since since uh, Mike Tyson coming out of Brownsville.
2: <laughs> oh man,
1: Shoo Shoo Carrington, yes sir. My brother, welcome back.
2: Thank you, thank you, man. It's happy to be back, man. I'm so so happy to be back. You know, talking with you guys, man. I'm you know I'm happy to be
1: here. Yeah, man, and and, and we got a lot to get into. And I mean it, it, it wouldn't even be right if we didn't start I mean we sent our votes in already for the, <laughs> year, the knockout of the year, you know, and they take our votes real serious, you know. So I think we're yeah. gonna make that happen. But uh this last fight, man, Madison Square Garden, yeah. uh, the 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 Mecca, um, and you went out oh, there man. and you and you had the performance of the night. So just talk to us about that. Oh man. Well oh, and, uh, thank you, man, I
0: appreciate that. You did, and before you answered, I gotta ask you this too, man. Who upset you? Because you got knockout. You got candidate for knockout of the year. Two <laughs> fights. We only into April of 2022. It was only April, and you already got two of them joints up there. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I mean, to
2: be honest, it, it was just more so just if you can say whoever made me upset myself, because I, I, I put myself through the hardships of training and, you know, all that work that I put in, man, like Somebody had to, you know, take somebody had to take that punishment, man, honestly. Cause I didn't run up all of these mountains up in Vegas and running these treacherous weathers and temperatures and stuff like that and sparring these top level guys for nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Somebody gonna have to get this work for, for me putting in all this hard work. So, you know what I mean? So uh that's that's kinda you know uh, what you saw in the ring, to be honest. Well,
0: you, you look great in the ring, bro. You you definitely thank did you. your thing. Thank you,
1: thank you. When I seen the two piece, right? It was, it was crazy because <laughs> because it was actually um, shout out shout out to uh, to Melba I shoot for Melba she owns the restaurant in Harlem and I seen she was at the fight and I didn't I didn't even I didn't realize I was on yet so I just happened to be going on IG and I see I see her recording and it's you and yeah. I look up, I'm like hold up that's the homie hold on <laughs> see what's going on here and then you know we got the two piece her around the world
2: right
1: um, <laughs> what was was there some type of issue with you two guys before the fight? Because I, I felt like there was some back and forth that was going on. I think, you know, maybe he was feeling himself a little bit too much. What, what was going on with that? Nah, nah, there was no issue at all, per
2: se, to be honest. Like, you know, the guy came to fight. You know, the guy was competitive, you know what I'm saying? So, it was, you know, like, it was something that I actually, I respected because I like fighting guys that, like, that kind of push me. You know, if they're... The better my opponents, the better that I'm going to fight. You know what I'm saying? The more I, you know, step up in opposition, you know, the better that, you know, my skills are going to show be shown in the ring. So, it's kind of like, you know, it was, it was a, you know, I it was a, um, I had full control of the fight, let's say. So, I want to say it was, like, competitive to where it was, like, it was challenging or anything like that, to be honest. Because, you know, with the things that we worked on in the gym, it kind of, like, worked out, you know, naturally into this fight. But he was definitely... Not a guy that just was going to just sit down for, Gino you know, for any punch. You know what I'm saying? He was a guy that was really gritty and he fought to win. You know what I mean? He had a cut on his eye early in the fight and he didn't let that bother him. And he came out strong in the third round and stuff like that. And even the beginning of the fifth round where I stopped him, it was like he came out with a lot of tenacity. So, you know, it was just more so of like, uh, how can I say, uh, competitiveness. You know what I mean? There's a lot of competitive
0: competitiveness going on into that fight. Now, I recently heard you speaking with Fight Hub, you sound like a student of the game, which I really like. So, thank you. Personally, which knockout did you enjoy more—the January knockout, where it seemed like you had the flurry against Brown, <laughs> or against Andujar? Because against Andujar, it was a smooth slip overhand mm-hmm. right, then the left hand put him night night. So, which one yeah. more did you enjoy more?
2: Ah, man. Ah, so now, both of them were pretty devastating. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not even gonna lie. But the one I could say I enjoyed more is probably the second one. Just because I really worked for this one is more because it was like, you know, I got in fifth, like all in. I got to work all the way into the fifth round and I never been to the fifth round in a pro fight. You know what I'm saying? So it was good to for me to do that, get my rounds in and showcase my talent in front of the fans. And then the second part, the fans, like I had the whole... Brooklyn, there the whole Browns were there, the whole team Canton that was out there. And they like, mind you, I want you to put this to put this thing in perspective. To be honest, like any type of professional boxing event you go to, if it's like the third bout of the night, the and this, the arena is still empty. By the time I fought, by the time I stepped out, walked to the ring, it was packed. Like it was so many people that was there, and I honestly didn't expect that because you know, like I said, I was a third fight. I thought it was going to be, you know, a lot of people was going to miss it or whatever. Like, it was such a dope experience to see that everybody that I expected to be, that I wanted to be there, they were there and more, you know what I'm saying? And then I got to show, I got to, you know, perform in front of Edgar Berlingas. People, you know, Puerto Rico was in the building and everything like that. And I got new fans and it was much more electrifying because because of that. Yeah, I mean, listen,
1: it... it... Anytime you get a knockout like that at Madison Square Garden, that's big time. <laughs> you know, especially, you know, being from here and to, to know you got that, you know, you got the the home team and, and just to be at a, a, such a historic arena as Madison Square Garden, where we've seen a lot of great, great fights uh, go down. And to yeah. know that now you're part of that history at Madison Square Garden, it's yeah, got failing, yeah. feeling, man.
2: Yeah, that's the that's the best feeling, man. Like I feel like every boxer's dream is to at least fight one time in the Mecca, you know what I'm saying? And you know, I've always, you know, grown up watching guys fight in uh, Golden Gloves and like, you know, Daniel Jacobs and Ali, uh, you know, the best of the best in New York that came up, you know, they all fought in the Mecca, you know. And it was like a dream of mine to fight in the professional. And me, being that I got that opportunity in my third pro fight, like man, it, it was just like a blessing, dude, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was God's blessing, and I honestly feel like, you know, I took advantage of the opportunity, man. Like, honestly, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was nervous. Like, I was super, super nervous, yo. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, I was like, man, like, yo, I don't want to bash myself in front of my people. I ain't trying to take no... out, But at the same time, I was super confident in, my, in the work that I put into my training. I mean, so I was 100% ready. I just, you know, that was my first time really getting to experience me fighting in a pro, in a pros in front of my home crowd. And I was hoping that, you know, the the crowd didn't get in my head and nothing like that. And I didn't play play with the crowd. Because you you can get lost into the fight by doing it. Honestly, I've had my own experiences with with that. And uh, I'm glad I didn't revert back to that. And... That makes me feel extra confident going going forward into my uh, my my boxing career.
1: Yeah, and you, you know I know you you know you talked about how hard you've been working. You know we we've we've been following your career for for some years now. Um, and I, I'm actually I, I was so happy to see you at at the Garden. Um, because you know last even when last time we spoke when you came on the show we were talking about the Olympics and being alternate and whatnot. And then now you get ready to go to, to try again. COVID happens and then that yeah. doesn't happen. Just talk to me about about the, the that whole process and talk to me about your mental uh state dealing with that. Cause I know that can be rough when you kind of put your all into getting ready to go to the Olympics and then that doesn't happen. You know, just so just talk to me about that.
2: Yeah, man, it was kinda it was really challenging, honestly, because I'm a positive guy. I can uh no, I'm mostly like, you know, I like to stay optimistic about certain things, you know, especially when it's something that, you know, pertains to my career. So, uh, it was always like, you know, just, you know, just keep working, keep working, keep working. even every door that closed in my face, uh, you know, from, uh, qualifying for the 2020 Olympic team. And then I couldn't even qualify because the qualifiers got, uh, canceled because of the pandemic and then back it down and then into 2021 early 2021 trying to do the qualifications again that got canceled again because of an outbreak in Argentina so and then you know me turning pro and then supposed to fight in July originally for the Tyson Fury Wilder 3 um undercard but that got postponed to October so it was just like really really hard that I had to learn how to just swallow all of that, to be honest, and deal with it. Because it was, boxing always taught me how to, you know, whatever you deserve, whatever you win or lose, it's on you. And you. I can always kind of control that factor. With all of this, I can't control nothing. and That kind of bugged me out a little bit, especially when the Olympics came, man. Like, mind you, when the Olympics came, the postponement, the first postponement, the first time of the Tyson Fury Wilder card, you know, that happened, so it was just, like, I was literally sitting at home, I didn't have my first pro fight yet now, and now I'm watching the Olympics, I'm, like, literally tearing up, man, it was, like, it was cool to see all my friends, you know, do their thing, and, you know, we got a few medals and stuff like that, but You know, it was kind of a bittersweet moment, you know, watching that. Because it's like, man, like, I I, I did everything that I was supposed to do to be there. And, you know, that was stripped away from me. And now I'm pro. And my first fight that was supposed to be under a big undercard, that got postponed. And I'm not even sure if I'm still going to fight on that. So that's how my mind was working around that time. But luckily, I still was able to remain on that Wilder Fury card. And ever since, you know, I got on that first card... uh, Performed, I got a lot of people watching me, and then you know, I just you know took the I just hit the ground running after that.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I remember when you when you told me you was going to be on the on on that undercard too. So you know, you, the Olympics might not have worked out, but you know, you definitely been been getting a lot of blessings coming your way.
2: Yes, definitely, definitely. God has definitely been blessing me in different ways. You know, what I'm saying I I always thought that you know, God always put the. Like his chosen, like you know, God always put uh, pick certain people, you know, to put through certain hardships because He know that they can handle it. But you know, the, the you know that specific person has to have faith to know that you know there's like you know light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I'm saying so. I just, even though it was hard, it was difficult. I just, you know, I remained you know, disciplined and I made sure that you know I just stick to the game plan and things are finally starting to come together. Now.
0: As all that was going on, and obviously hindsight is 2020, was there ever a moment where you said, "Man, I wish I would have just turned pro, as opposed to chasing the Olympic dream, and then everything getting derailed that way?" Uh,
2: nah, nah. Like I honestly wanted. I honestly was uh, even when they were telling us, like, all because they they kind of briefed me and a few other guys. I was, I went through the same thing that I did, and being you know getting off the team they kind of briefed us and letting us know like, yo, like this might happen that you guys might not be able to go to Tokyo. So it was kind of like, but they also was like, yo, we're going to fight for you guys and let us know if you want to keep, you know, want us to keep fighting for you and this, that, and third. And I was wanting to ride it to the wheels for to be honest. Like, I was just like, nah, like, you know, like if y'all, you can let me go to the Olympics, you can work me to get to, the- you can work to get to the Olympics. Let's do it because I ain't pull this hard work in for nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I honestly could have turned pro back in 2016 because I was the Olympic alternate for the uh, Olympics um, back then. And, you know, I was 19 at the time, but there's a lot of young guys that turned pro at 17, 18, 19. But it was something that I'm, I, I I, stayed humble and I was grounded and, you know, I was true to myself. I knew that I didn't have enough international experience or just experience as a whole. My, men, my mental stability wasn't as strong as it is now. You know, I have my man strength now. And, you know, my IQ is like 10 times, you know, better than it was back then. So it was a lot of things that I put into perspective. You know what I mean? At that you know, back when I was 19 and I decided to say uh, an extra four years. And there was no no uh second guesses, no second thoughts of about turning pro or anything like that. There's a lot of people that wanted to, you know, tell me that they turn pro, like a lot of trainers and stuff like that, oh, you should turn pro, blah, 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 you're wasting your time, this and the third, but nah. Like all of that, I was learning so much. Like I was getting so much experience and meeting all these new people and you know, like I wouldn't change anything for the world. Even though I didn't wasn't able to go for the, go to the Olympics. Like the experience that I had changed me into the pride of them today.
1: So, something better is definitely gonna be on the horizon soon. And it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna be something that you wrap around your waist. You know, uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um so now that so now that you know we're here, Pro, um so talk let, let us know, are you planning on being active? Active? Because you know we got a lot of fighters that you know they jump in the ring once a year yeah. and then boxing them and stagnated and they're gonna say the sport is dead. Mm-hmm. How um how active are you planning on being?
2: I'm planning on being very active, man. Uh, how can I say? I started in October, January, March. You guys are gonna see me in the ring again in June. I'll be back in the ring again in June. So, y'all be prepared for that. We didn't get location and, and, and date yet, but... You, you know, have opponent when... yet? Say that again?
1: Have opponent yet locked in, or? No, nah, I
2: have an opponent yet. Yeah. I mean, it's still pretty early, you know what I'm saying? So, for, for me to get an opponent, you know, it's still pretty early, but uh, yeah, man, like, nah, like, I'm, I'm staying very busy. I want everybody to know who Bruce Carrington is. I really want to become a household name and, uh, you know, just build, build that brand and build my popularity as time goes on. Because I just, you know, I, I every single time I fight, you know, I plan on putting in a crowd-pleasing performance. And I just hope my fans love it, you know, and love um, what I bring to the ring every single time I step out. You know what I'm saying? So You're
1: knocking about yeah, what, you, what you've been doing. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, Y'all you, you gonna go on, see me a lot, man. Y'all gonna yeah, you're gonna lot. grow a
0: fan base real quick if you keep getting them out of there like that.
2: <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy, though, to be honest? It's like, I'm not even like a knockout dude for for Like, I'm more so of a boxer, like, you know, a, a technician, you know, to, if I, say myself, if I say so myself, to be honest, like, I don't go for the knockout. That's not even my thing. I just, you know, like to be accurate and pinpoint my shots. But if the knockout comes, the knockout comes. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But I like to, showcase my talent. I like to box. I like to use the ring. I like to fight in the inside. I like to, you know, I like show all aspects of my arsenal. You know what I mean? So.
0: You know, I got uh, a two-part <laughs> question for you there, Bruce, as well, because you mm-hmm. mentioned Berlanga earlier, and I know you're early in your your career and your development. How important is it to get rounds over going for a knockout? And then if you can't speak on the friendship of you and Berlanga, like, you have you guys known each other for quite some time? Because I saw y'all were really chopping it up after your fight.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, so, so uh, the first question I think is, you know, extreme, it's, uh, extremely valuable to go for a knockout. No, excuse me, go for rounds over knockouts because you become more marketable. Like, think about Deontay Wilder, right? Like, he was just knocking guys out, knocking guys out, knocking guys out. Yeah, it's entertaining. Yeah, it's cool. But can you do rounds? Like, what if you can't knock a certain person out? Like, well, can I bet on you or can I depend on you to still win these fights? But if you're, you know, you know, putting in these rounds and will you get tired in the later rounds? Can you be a, can you fight in the championship rounds? And then he became more marketable after he beat Berman Stevern. He did he did he could have knocked him out anytime he wanted to that first time, but he decided to go to twelve, the full 12 rounds and at that point became more marketable as a fighter. And you could kind of like you know depend on him more because of that. Uh Me, same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't try to go for the knockout. I always feel like, you know, you can really, you know, show your full self in, you know, with the rounds that you're given. And also, plus, knockouts is nice, right? But I feel like it's something like more, it's something meaner about beating a guy up and beating him down for 12 rounds and he can't do nothing about it. Like a just knockout is one shot. Just punch it. You could be just losing a fight, and you know what I'm saying? You can knock a guy out, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like you beating a dude down for 12 rounds and he trying everything he, he can possibly do and he can't do nothing about it. You just beating him up. I feel like it's something more like, you know, more savage about this to me, to be honest. You know what I mean? So,
1: but you can still uh, beat him down like that and then knock him out in the 12th. I mean, yeah, true, 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 true. Like he still did not get the knockout. <laughs>
2: He's still the knockout. Hey, if the knockout comes, it comes. But I'm gonna beat you down regardless. That's how it is,
1: man. Because every the time knockout. we get out knockout, I, you know, I just tell people, you know, that's my boy right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but on on the thing with our, on our question on Belenga, yeah, no,
2: me and Belenga go way back. Uh, me and him started, like, we were, uh we actually used to spar each other back in the day when I, we were, like, probably like, 9, 10 years old. But can you believe, like, he's way bigger than me now. But we was the same size at one point. The first, like, uh he was already boxing but and i was and um I, I started out in the star city boxing club and i was probably like already like two years in he was already boxing in his own right too but when he finally joined my gym i was his first sparring partner you know what i'm saying we used to spar all the time just going blow for blow blow for blow blow for blow you know and i mean it was always great work with me and him but we just grew up together and going to different tournaments going to national tournaments together and you know what i'm saying he became my brother, man, for real, for real. He became, like, you know, like a brother. Like, when his dad, me and, me and his dad, and our dads are tight and everything. Like, golly. People, people trying to call me during the interview. I'm doing the interview, man. I'm calling me. Man, get out of here. But, uh, but yeah, man, like, you know, it was, like, really cool, man, to see, to share you know, that event with him, like you know what I'm saying? And being on his undercar. Like that was so dope. So I could share that moment. Cause we dream of times like this, you know what I mean? We dream to, you know, be on top, you know, together. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like something that's like, you know, fairy tale type of story type of joint. You know what I mean?
1: Definitely we, we we getting there. We definitely getting uh getting to that point. Um now you, you just mentioned you mentioned sparring. Yeah. You've had some pretty well-known uh sparring partners yeah. uh, during, during your your, your career. Yeah. Uh two, two, two of the guys are two of the biggest uh names in boxing. Uh, mm. Javante uh uh tank, Des- tank yeah and uh and uh shakur.
2: Yeah,
1: and uh, Shakur Stevenson. Yeah. So um talk talk to us about being being in the ring sparring with those guys. Because those are, you know, some of the guys that you might have to see on your journey up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, nah, those, those, it's very interesting sparring those guys. Uh, and it's like two,
2: obviously, because their styles, it's two type of different mindsets you have to go in when it comes to sparring. them. You know, with Tank, uh, he's fast, he's explosive, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes he likes to lure you in and he uses reflexes to make you throw a shot and then you know, he'll like explode with a nice uppercut to the body or a nice uppercut up hit, up to the top. So it's certain things that, you know, I have the reflexes to keep up. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's like really interesting to uh, go back and forth when it comes to, you know, our reflexes and everything like that. But yeah, now Tank is strong. You know, that's one thing. I don't call him Tank for no reason, man. That dude, that dude can punch. You know what I'm saying? So I'll be on my P's and Q's when it comes to him. Uh, and Shakur, you really got to be on P's and Q's with that guy because it's not like you are you, not as cautious when it comes to the power with Shakur, but his power is still respectable. But it's like he will beat you down and frustrate the heck out of you if you let him. Like in order to touch him, just to touch him, you got to think outside the box because he's a master of his defense. He's a master of distance. He's a master of his, you know of his craft when it comes to that. You know, what I'm saying he's like he's a really hard worker, but you could tell his competitiveness is like you know is like different like that dude is an animal you know what i'm saying so uh it's always like a chess match when i'm in the ring with him
1: do you think it's it's it would be harder for you in a, in, in an actual fight against uh Shaquan Stevenson
0: or against Tank Davis well hold on, hold on hold on hold on hold on i was about to say trip don't 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 set the man up because yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in the future, to
1: to, yeah, yeah. That, set up, you
0: know what I mean? that that might be. That <laughs> I'm might working be on the play right now for you. I'm trying to set I, it up. I'm just saying uh, that, <laughs> that there is potential that they may have to see each other at some point. So you don't want to give away too much right now about yeah, who yeah, might no, be a no, more no, difficult no, that's opponent.
2: That's facts. But you know what I mean. I would say that you know it will. One thing I will say is that it will be an interesting fight if I was to fight either one of them guys. That's all I would say. Okay, I mean, that would be an interesting fight. Something that you know. Uh, the viewers are gonna want to tune into.
1: Do you do you go into to these sparring sessions with like a little like you know what I really want to kind of show do my thing in here just to show <laughs> you, whatever? Do you ever go into a sparring match like that? I mean, not really. To be honest,
2: like I don't want really to be trying to show off and all like that. But really, I, when I'm sparring, I'm trying to get down. I'm trying to get some work. I work on different things. Sparring is like. You gotta look at sparring like basketball practice. It's practice. You know what I'm saying? You make all your mistakes and you try all your new tricks in sparring. You know what I'm saying? So it's already perfected by the time you fight. So I already go in there trying to show off and nothing like that. Like, I really wanna get some good work with good people. And, you know, it's always good to have a good dance partner.
0: And that's how I like to look at it. And those are two of the best if, you, if you're gonna get one. Definitely. Those definitely. Definitely. Now, and we mentioned those two guys. Obviously, the lightweight division is stacked. A lot of star power in the lightweight division. Do you see yourself, because right now you're at featherweight, correct? Correct. How long before you see yourself transitioning to lightweight, or do you plan on staying at featherweight?
2: No, I plan on staying at featherweight. Uh, I'm, I'm great at featherweight right now. Like my, I'm, I'm very strong. Uh, you know, my, my stamina and speed and everything, I, I'm, I'm fine at, at, at featherweight. And I'm going to be at featherweight for some time. Like I'm not going away yet. Honestly, I, I want to unify the division, uh, get multiple belts, and then that's at that point that's when I'll think about moving up. But until then, 20, 126 is my home. Oh,
1: nice, nice. Um, now, recently, you decided to go with top rank.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I mean, uh, so that and that and that's that's Bob Arum,
2: uh
1: uh-huh. one of the most known. You know, figures in the sport of boxing. He actually he had some very nice things uh to say about you. I don't know if if they, if, they, if, if he said that before Good. your debut, uh, before your second fight, or, or before the, the first fight. But he had some really nice things to say about you. But um why the decision to go with with top rank?
2: Um, it was multiple things that intrigued me to be honest about them because I'm a guy that's I love social media. I love marketing myself and selling myself. I love, pop, you know, the, the whole fan base and building my fan, my fan base. And what better network to do it on than ESPN? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that they, they, they got ESPN, man. And also, one thing I also noticed, Top Rank has stood through the test of time, through the decades. They always adapted, even through the pandemic. They were the first promotional company to be fighting, having uh, uh like out of the big three, the zone, PVC, and top rank, they were the first out of the big three to have fights during the pandemic consistently. You know what I'm saying? Like they made, they always know how to like roll with the punches. So it was like, man, if anything goes on and everything happens during the world, and like you know what I mean, drastic, I can depend on them to keep the fights going, to keep me fighting. And sometimes. Actually, like, that's That's kind of honestly how certain fighters became very popular. Like, Jared Anderson, he fought, like, probably, like, six, seven times that year and whatever. Like, and, you know, being that everybody was just home watching TV and they kept seeing Jared, kept seeing Jared, kept seeing Jared. Now he's he's becoming, like, you know, a very popular figure now. And it's like, that was very impressive, you know, like, through all of this time. Like, he, Bob Ramson's been back, been, been around since Muhammad Ali. Was, was fighting bro you know what I mean so they, these guys can adapt to anything uh, that's, they, I can rely on you know what I mean and you know like we just worked out a sweet deal man and you know,
1: I was super happy to, to be a part of the team let me, let me, let me just, before you go, Eric, I mean, I just want to read the quote from, from, from Bob Arum, because, because of who Bob Aram is, for him to, to say this about you, I, you know, I, I mean, we already knew you was about to be, you know, but he says uh, Bruce Carrington is one of the great American amateurs of his generation, and he has the makeup and skills to be a future world champion. Oh man. Oh, that's nice. Where did where, where, where that source come from? I didn't hear him say that.
2: I didn't well, hear him say
1: that. We do our homework over here.
2: Ah, yeah, yeah, I <laughs> y'all do, I yeah. do. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what's up, man. Uh, it was real cool to find out that he's from Brooklyn too. And I ain't know Bob was from Brooklyn, man. Once I heard that, I was, and then he called me his homie. <laughs> I was like, All right, man. yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can rock with you, Bob.
0: <laughs> now, now I gotta ask you too. I mean, you've spent a lot of your life in the sport of boxing, right? You started training yeah. very young. Obviously, a yeah. professional now, a uh, great amateur career. What are your thoughts on some of these people who are trying to transition to boxing through the exhibition route and making more of a showcase out of it, as opposed to taking a traditional route? All
2: right, so that's a good question. I am conflicted on that. You know what I'm saying, like, I, I, I look at, I, I'm on, I'm looking at two sides of it, right? So, as a boxer, from a boxing standpoint, um, it's a little distasteful a little bit, to be honest, because it's like, guys like me and other boxers that I actually take sports, the sport, like seriously, we don't get the popularity or the notoriety and like get paid as much as these guys that's like doing these exhibitions and all of that just because they're popular, you know what I'm saying? Like, we really put years into the game and by us not getting those opportunities that, that they're getting, it's kind of like, you know, it's, 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 it's whatever to me, you know what I'm saying? But business part, right, is the other side of me. I'm thinking these guys are actually helping the sport of boxing by bringing up whole different fields of people that don't even watch boxing or might not even be interested in boxing coming to watch the sport. And maybe they'll be interested in watching other fighters and learning from other fighters. Like, I definitely wouldn't mind fighting under an undercard of one of these exhibition fights because of how many people watch them. You know what I'm saying? Outside people. Because people think of that like all oh, the boxing fans and the boxing world is but so big. The boxing world is, is small, to be honest, compared to the rest of the world. You know what I'm saying? So let me focus on the rest of the world fan base real quick as well, too. You know what I mean? So it's it's lucrative. It's a smart idea, and it shows to you it it, 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 it exposes to you that yo popularity is really the name of the game. It sometimes not about how good you can fight. Sometimes it's about you know the outside. You know. Uh, uh, field and you know getting them to put, getting you know getting them to put you know their butts in seats for your fight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now I gotta go back because you know I, the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn in me, I always, I always got to go back to the borough because this yeah. is Hulk right here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mentioned I mentioned one name out of Brownsville early in the show. You know, one of the greatest heavyweights to ever do it. I am Mike Tyson. Mike. Yes, sir. There's another, there's another guy out of Brooklyn who also has some crazy hands, uh, a crazy right jab to, you know, more specifically, Zab Judah. Zab, oh yeah, oh yeah, Zab Super Judah, yeah. So talk, talk to me about how big it is for you coming from Brownsville and coming from the same place as, as Mike Tyson, who's considered one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. As is yeah. that, who's also an all-time great in his own right as well. And now you got Bruce Carrington. Talk to me about that, That that just that that legacy of fighters. Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: uh, it's it's amazing. You know what I'm saying? But I also want to throw in some more names in there. There's Shannon Briggs that's out there, that's uh, – uh, um, Champion from Brownsville. There's Reddick Bow That's champion from Brownsville. There's Edward Mustafa Muhammad, Daniel Jacobs, uh, uh, Al Bummy Davis. Yeah, all of them are champions from Brownsville. You know what I'm saying? All right. But to get back to your question, right? To, I, it's it, it's big because all of these guys like it, it's become like a thing to where like your Brownsville breed champions. It's not like you know. It's, it's not its not like oh, it's New Yorkers like they they breed champions or Brooklyn breed champions. It's like not—it's nah, a neighborhood, bro. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta realize how small that is, you know. And 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 what and what is the environment like? Why are there good fighters that come out of this little neighborhood? Like what is going on? What is the what is there something in the water that they drinking or something like that? Like what is going on? And honestly, it's something that like you know I I, I hold with pride in my back, man, because nothing but grace can come out of there and it's it's, it's, it's and then to make it out of there you got to be a, a certain type of person you got to have a certain type of hunger certain type of discipline a certain type of you know what i mean a certain type of mindset so
1: just me making it out of there it's the, the most positive of neighborhoods in brooklyn yeah dog. yeah like brownsville
2: the yeah city. man it's, it's it's actually one of the roughest toughest neighborhoods. even the toughest neighborhoods in brooklyn can't, don't be one to come to brownsville yeah. Like, that's how it is you know what I mean like right now the sun is down people don't want to walk through Brownsville rough stuff neighborhood in Brooklyn that's yeah people from you know
1: Brownsville I mean? don't even want to walk in Brownsville <laughs> right yeah yeah
2: you know what I mean so that's kind of how it is man so for me to get uh, to make it out that's something special and for me to make it as far as I, as I am as I am right now and have sights to make it even further you know what I mean I'm at the base of my mountain right now I'm not even at, I'm nowhere near the mountain top this is only the beginning it's a blessing to be where I'm at today.
0: That's a fact. Who, who was one fighter who was your inspiration or that you looked up to as you were growing up and really learning the sport?
2: Uh, first off was Mike Tyson. Obviously, come on, Brownsville. Uh, <laughs> it was someone that I kind of, you know, really uh, was drawn to because of his style of fighting. Everybody loved Mike Tyson, man. And then plus, when I first started out boxing, everybody that I fought was taller than me. So I always wanted, so I just adapted that style and everything like that. But as I got older, I started to realize that that style didn't fit well with my physique. You know, I was, I grew to be, you know, slim and, you know, lean. And that style is more, is called for more of a, you know, brute, muscular guy, you know. And I started to naturally cross into Mayweather's style. For Mayweather, it was After a while, even to this day, became, you know, the main, you know, guy that I started to watch, you know, throughout the years because the shoulder roll and the way he uses reflexes and the way how he systematically broke a guy down, like he'll fight a guy, an aggressive guy that throws 100 punches around or whatever, that that person that's known for throwing a lot of punches, he'll fight them and take their punch count down and make them fight at his pace and make them fight his fight. Every single time he got into the ring. That dude was a genius in the ring, and I studied him and wanted to fight just like him every single time. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Mayweather is definitely another, was another person that uh, I grew up watching, and I implement, implemented my style. For him.
1: Can't go wrong with, uh, with either one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Oh, I mean, what can I yeah. say about Mayweather? But
2: like that, yeah, 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 definitely.
1: So that's oh, oh, one more guy, one more guy, uh, Pernell Whitaker. I love Pernell Whitaker the way his defense that's, was, yes. Okay, I was about to say, because that's one of the most... Between him and Mayweather, that's probably the two best defensive fighters. Honestly, I feel like natural
2: defense, like with natural defense, with, with reflexes, i give it to Pernell. Mayweather was just more so of a guy, like he didn't weave every shot. Like he would catch a couple shots block a couple Didn't weave like two in combination, and then you know what I'm saying shoulder roll whatever you know what I'm saying the shoulder roll was just like he didn't need reflexes with the shoulder roll it's just it's already guarded you know what I'm saying Sweet Pea yeah. he you know dick you know ducking dipping and diving every single punch you know what I'm saying so his was more was more so based on his reflexes and agility and he relied a lot on his motor skills yeah he relied he, he relied a lot on his motor skills so it was uh, you know I can say yeah like you know reflexes why sweet pea had better reflexes and and in a natural defense in terms of uh you know yeah with the reflexes and everything but maybe the kind of you know uses brain and learned how to use that shoulder roll.
1: I got you now we we have a lot of uh, boxing friends um just cuz you know we're big fans of boxing um, you know, we rock out with Ranked in New York, which is one of the, the, the big boxing charities um, out here in New York. So we come across a lot of fighters. Um, one in particular, Aaron Davis, Aaron Superman Davis. Um, he's actually yeah. not too far from where I am right now over at Morris Park Boxing Club. But, um, you know, I spoke to him a couple of years ago and he, you know, he was telling me about how he basically, you know, set up his life and uh, his future while he was, you know, in you know in the, in the peak of his uh his boxing career so my yeah. question is how are you um planning are you are you are you planning your future out right now so that you can sustain yourself once you've decided alright I've done enough in the sport of boxing now I can step away
2: definitely you know I'm all, I'm also fo- because I'm focused on uh you know outside things as well too like outside of boxing like I, I also I always wanted to be a actor you know what I mean and uh Do certain things of that sort, Um, you know, probably like, you know, do some modeling stuff and all of that. You know, I always wanted to do other things like that as well, but also making, you know, certain type of investments for my money, like, you know, learning about real estate and, you know, putting my money into stuff like that. And, you know, like, bro, like, I'm really thinking about all of that stuff before I even think about, like, retiring, you know what I'm saying? So I could be well, you know, set, you know, beyond my years.
0: Smart man, man. You, you have to make sure you're ready for that next phase, whatever, whenever it might come. The so, boxing ain't forever,
2: man. You know, yeah. I mean, anything can happen. I can, you know, hurt a hand and everything. Oh, speaking of, actually, uh my last fight. I don't have my hand brace on right now. I left it inside my house. But yeah, like I have I have a hand brace because I actually have a, a torn ligament in my knuckle. Like I don't know if you guys can see like this knuckle here in the middle, it's kind of like like, yeah, lopsided right. from here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like This one is, you kind of see it's big, right? But
1: anyway, uh, my, 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 my... On the jaw, when you, when you... When, but that was on the left. That was when, when you hit him with nah, the That's when he know, slipped you
0: know, the left. That's when he <laughs> slipped the left. It came <laughs> with the overhand right.
2: Uh, but honestly, that actually happened on my first knockout. That didn't even happen in my last fight. Oh. My, my first knockout when I fought on Tulsa, Oklahoma in January. That That's when I that fight that. That's when it that happened. It happened in the first round. I was lining him up for a right hand. He ran into it and I didn't have enough time to close my hand. And I fought through it. It didn't really hurt that bad throughout the, throughout the fight. But as the night went on, the adrenaline went down. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like my hand was hurting. Had a little two week rest, but you know, rest, like two week, week, two weeks or whatever. And I had to hop back into camp for, for March. And I'm training and I'm noticing like my hand, my right hand is really hurting. Punching a bag out there in Vegas or whatever, top rank gym, and I'm sparring even, and I hit a guy to the body. Like the body is like the softest part of, the, of 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 your body, like your stomach. And I hit the guy, and I hurt it so bad to the point where I couldn't use it anymore. And I literally only sparred three times out of my home camp, three times. Usually I sparred three times a week. Yeah. Throughout the whole camp, like a six week camp, I sparred only three times because my right hand was messed up. And sometimes I would spar guys with just one, with one hand, you know what I'm saying? And it was very challenging to work through this pain. And I fought with a torn ligament and got the knockout in the fifth round in Madison Square Garden, on March 19th.
0: Wow! So, so you had known for two months prior, obviously. You said in January is when you hurt the hand. Yeah. At yeah. any point, did you ever think about backing out the fight? I mean, I know it was a big one for you.
2: No, not at all. <laughs> I was like, listen.
0: We gonna work with this one hand in
2: training camp. We gonna spar with this one hand in training camp, and we are gonna beat him up with this one hand. in March 19th, that's how it's gonna happen. And my dad, he's like real concerned, like, oh bro, like, I ain't gonna lie, man. Like, I don't know you, but you might have to pull out." I'm like, you tripping? Like, I'm in here. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm gonna fight with this one hand. Like, I know my, I know my capabilities, bro. Like, I know like, I can still throw things with this right hand. I can still like push a guy or take down his glove to." I could do other things with this right hand. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to just throw it all the time. It's, you got to think outside the box when you send, when you send them your shots, bro. So I'm like, oh, like, I'm perfectly fine. And plus, once I was sparring, I was beating up guys and sparring with my one hand. I'm like, man, I'm in this fight. Let's go. We in there. Brownsville never ran, never will. You go. <laughs> now, and now you, you, solidified,
0: <laughs> you solidified that the second knockout was even more impressive than the first. You, you did it one-handed. Yeah. You went five, you five you, rounds one-handed
2: and then knocked him out. Thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate that, man.
0: Well, if you had if the both hands was good, you might have knocked him out in the second and then.
1: You no, know, <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't,
2: you know, stop the guy early. Cause I mean, I, I noticed that I, I heard him the first round. Second round, he was still like kind of ready to go as well. Third round, he showed a little bit of tenacity. Fourth round, I... I uh Started to invest in the body and the fifth round, he's ready to go. But I'm glad I, I was able to give you know some rounds and and you know go past four rounds because I I always wanted to show that the more the rounds continue, the better I'm going to get. Like I'm going to get sharper. I'm going to still like I'm going to show my stamina and uh, my power still there in the later rounds and stuff like that. Like you know, so I can give the viewers and my new fans or whatever more confidence when they see me and to, you know, have faith that I'm going to win the each and every fight.
1: Do, do, do guys trash talk you in the ring?
2: Nah, nah. nah. I, I haven't come across that yet, but uh I won't be surprised when I do. I've been seeing it all, to be honest. Like, I done, I've been boxing for 17 years. I've been fighting the best of the best in the world and uh the amateurs, you know what I'm saying? And I, I not dealt with all the trash talks and all of that stuff. Like, I'm such a calm guy, bro. Like, none of that ever will phase me. I mean, so... I look forward to it. It'll be interesting and entertaining when it happens, but they'll have a rude awakening when they do.
0: Who's on, uh, obviously, there's always a debate about this, but who's your number one pound-for-pound fighter right now?
2: Right now? Ooh, right now. I, dang it. You put me against the wall. Uh, uh, Pound-for-pound, uh, pound, man. I gotta, honestly, I gotta go with Canelo. I gotta go with Canelo Alvarez. Uh, he's the face of boxing. Um, you know, I mean, Canelo Alvarez. He's the man. But right behind him are Terence and Errol. They're 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 definitely right behind him. But you know, but Canelo, he's like you know, going these these different rate classes, doing what he's doing, and uh, you know, still you know, very relevant in the sport. And but to be to be honest, Canelo is still relatively young too. Really? I mean, so you, saw uh, people, you
1: know, he's been in the. Been boxing for so long, you don't even
2: realize, yeah. That. You wouldn't, yeah, you don't really
1: realize it, but yeah, no, Knuckles was really young. Like, how, how old was he when
2: he fought Mayweather? Was he like 24 or something? Yeah, like, he was around 24,
0: 25 when he fought, yeah. 40.
2: Like, he was young, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, but that, that right there speaks a testament of his skill and his potential. And you know, coming up in the ranks, like, bro, like, he was already destined to be at the top since back then. He was it just wasn't his time then, now it was his time, and he's at the top. Uh, You know, he's at the top right now. But, yeah, now, Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, when they fight, hopefully if they fight, (laughs) then I feel like I will adjust my uh, pound-for-pound rankings at that point. But, uh, yeah, that's my list.
1: I'm going to expand upon uh, Eric's question. I want to know who, not named Bruce Carrington, is the best fighter in Brooklyn right now.
2: Now, Oh, in Brooklyn, (laughs) right now. Uh, Uh... Uh, man, I'm actually, I ain't gonna lie to you I don't really keep up with a lot of boxes in Brooklyn, to be honest. I honestly don't. Um, uh, You know, you know we, we all, we, 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 oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm tripping. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me, let me, let me not say that. I just thought about uh, a few boxes. I was boxes about to say, and, yeah, I was about to say. I just say. thought about a few boxes. <laughs> nah, I thought about Edgar. I thought about Jose Barker. No, no, Jose Barker's from the Bronx. I thought about Teofimo Lopez. I thought about, uh, I thought about a few guys. Uh, But, you know, the best right now, I would say is Teofimo Lopez. Brooklyn, uh, he's like probably the most
0: notable guy right now. Um, uh, the TO is actually who yeah. I was thinking about when I asked you about your hand because when he took the loss, then we found out later on he was dealing with an injury, but obviously he yeah. didn't make any excuses for it. He, yes, yeah, yeah, so it, it
2: was like uh interior, like a respiratory, or oh, something right. to where he could have yeah. actually
0: died. In yeah, he could have died.
2: Yeah, that was something crazy that went on, bro. I'm super glad that you know, what I mean, that's my boy. I'm super glad you know, nothing you know traumatic happened. I'm wow, that was crazy, man. But, uh, yeah, yeah no, I think Teofimo is right now is probably like the biggest name from Brooklyn.
0: Um, May 28th, Tank is going to be in Brooklyn. Are you going to be in the building?
2: Oh yeah, I hope so. I want to be in the building, but I. Uh, I Also, I'm gonna be in Vegas for for camp because of my fight in June. That's right, yeah. I mean, but hey, if I could, if I could, you know, so go wait, with the hey. weekend real quick, yeah, go, go. I, I'm gonna I'm leave Saturday morning and uh, uh, go back home Sunday, Sunday morning, you know, what I mean, just for a day, you know, I would love to be in Brooklyn and watch that fight because I remember the first time and the only time I believe that Tank Ford in Brooklyn was when he fought Jose Pedraza. Uh, that was a great night because you know of his performance but i remember the crowd that he brought was you know amazing the dude is a superstar now you know what i'm saying so i know the building the building gonna be packed when he fights this time and yeah. i would love to be a part of that and i believe this is the first fight in the barclays since the pandemic so this one is gonna be huge yeah. i think this is the first boxing fight since the pandemic
1: well until until um, we uh and, and, and um fight at the barclays center then that'll probably yeah. <laughs> I would love to fight the Barclays
2: in the man, but uh, Top ring has a contract and a relationship with Madison Square Garden, so That's you guys cool. are more certain to see me at Madison Square Garden than in the Barclays.
1: Okay, well listen, yeah. there ain't no slouching out of we at the garden. I know. Oh, some- not at all, not at all.
2: But the garden is the garden, so. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. The garden is the garden, man. Nothing but history in there. Facts,
1: facts. Oh man, yeah. I, I... Yo, Eric, you got, you
0: got anything, anything left in the, you know, in the tank? we doing? Think, Nah, I think that was it. I was trying to think of something else, man, because, I mean, we were rolling right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. That's it's always fun
2: talking with you, though, man. It's always fun talking with you guys, man. And I always, you know what I'm saying, I love it. for you guys to even think about me, to have me on you show and all of that for, for, like, it's an honor for being in, uh, you know, even when I become big time, y'all can always hit me up for interview you know, and all that. Oh
0: man, we <laughs> no, appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Well, we know you're on I'll your give way. That way.
1: exclusive. Now, you listen. Once, 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 once you come into the family, you family for life. We always yeah, want to that on, on, on your career. Like you know, everybody that comes through the show, even like because we get a lot of a lot of guys early on, and we are kind of like with them as they climb. The, the latter, ladder, but it's always going to be going to be a family thing. You know, we appreciate you for taking the yeah, time because man. you know I know it's especially now you're it's going your schedule is going to be even crazier. The the, the, the more work you start putting in, so we definitely appreciate you taking the time to rock out with us, man.
0: Thank you, man. Appreciate y'all having me. Yes, sir. We we, we wish you nothing but success, man. We already see you're on your way, man. You're gonna be a star, bro. Thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. We we, we we gonna we gonna pull up
1: on you. Um, at, at, at some point we gotta we gotta come come check. I know you're gonna be in Vegas for the for the training camp, but we gotta yeah. come check you in, in, in Brooklyn too. Yeah, most Deaf, most Deaf. Y'all just hit me. But, but, but. Let me uh um, let me shout out the sponsors before we get up out of here. Big shout out to Kmart, Petro Home Services, the Residal firm, and of course Soundview Liquors. Uh, make sure you guys are tuned in every Thursday night from 8 to 9 p.m. on Verizon 43. If you're not in New York City, though, you can still watch from anywhere in the world. All you got to do is go to realfansrealtalk.com. Click that red button on the homepage. Uh, this episode will be up this Thursday at 8 p.m. and you don't want to miss this one. Um, follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Facebook, uh, at, at facebook.com forward slash real fans real talk twitter instagram at real fan talk and make sure you have subscribed to real fans real talk podcast the Sanchez show podcast and of course the shooting the shit podcast um for our grown and sexy uh, uh following uh you know that's <laughs> for the late night crowd <laughs> And subscribe to that YouTube channel, too. YouTube.com forward slash for the fans productions. Uh, This interview will also be on the YouTube channel as well. And you guys know we got the Big Gene interview going on right now. I think that's at about 12,000 views. So make sure you guys stay locked in with us. Uh, Bruce, I'm going to let you give us the final thought for the day, man.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, real quick, though, for the fans, uh, everybody that's watching, uh, I would like you guys to follow me on my Instagram, Bruce underscore Carrington and my Twitter B underscore Carrington1 y'all gonna keep y'all keep in contact with all of that and uh, y'all get all the new updates on when my fight is going on how my training camp is going and just new content for y'all to be entertained by Uh, also I would love for you guys to watch my documentary uh, Brownsville Born 30 minute doc you know what I mean 30 minute you guys time you you guys can watch that on brownsvilleborn.com and uh, you know, give me y'all feedback. Like I said, through my Instagram, my socials, and you know, let me know if y'all like that, man.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the link um, to the to the documentary on the uh, do. uh Instagram as well, so that they they can uh, check that out as well. Y'all, I mean, y'all better stay stay in the loop because this, this is, he, he he he's out of this soon. The belt is coming soon. Don't wait to <laughs> jump on the bandwagon. We're not doing that. You got to come now. We need That's all that. right. Stuff. That's you right. Know, that's
0: right, yes, sir. I'm definitely gonna check out that doc, man. We got to put that in the link, man. Uh, get that hand right, get healthy, man. Yeah, and most you definitely, you yeah, you next I ain't fight. Using this. I'm
1: using <laughs> this
2: for the
0: rest of the month. <laughs> I bet, man. Well,
1: listen, with that being said, for myself, Trip Young, my co host, my brother, legend in two games, Eric Sanchez, and of course, the great Bruce Carrington. Uh, Mister, Mister, two-time uh, contender for knockout of the year. It's only April, and it's only April.
0: <laughs> <it's only> <laughs> <It's> only... <laughs> he got he's still, crazy, he, man. He, he he still got time to improve on that one. Well, he might give us another one in June in the <laughs> nah, debate three. Yeah, look, so you, all oh, pressure on
2: me, man. Y'all put <laughs> pressure on me.
1: Now. <laughs> it's
0: getting hot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, man. With that being said, we will see you guys next week.
0: yep out of here. Peace.